Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hey there, it's Dan from The Casual Author. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023, as I record this, and this is episode 66 of the podcast. Today we're talking to Christine Meyer about her book, Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants, Stop Overthinking, Start Aligning, Live Happy. So right off the bat, I mean, all of us, you hear that, and it sounds like something that you just want, you just want to grasp and say, I need to keep it simple. I think there's just a tendency to get overwhelmed for everybody, particularly those of us who are trying to approach authoring from a casual perspective by necessity like myself. So it's an excellent conversation. You aren't going to want to miss it. I think you'll really enjoy what Christine has to share and the insights that we come up with together as a part of our kind of dual experience with being busy and having a lot on our plates. So I think you'll really enjoy that. Before we dive into that, some updates. Um, I never know if I should start with the, the homestead updates or the author updates, but I feel like there's a lot to unpack from the past week. It's it's crazy how much happens in the course of a week. Um, let's start with the homestead updates, just because that's what comes to mind first and foremost. So the the winter here in Idaho has been brutal. It's been very, very cold, at least where we are in Idaho. Um, it's, just, it's dragging on and on. We were actually looking at the calendar from last year. And next week, a year ago, we were outside building things. So it, I don't remember it being overly warm, but I do remember it being warm enough, you know, mid-30s, possibly upper 30s in Mar- beginning of March, where we could actually do something outside, particularly in the shops. Um, and there wasn't a lot of snow on the ground. A lot of it had melted. But we <laughs> there's this freak windstorm today that is just blowing the snow. We've got drifts that are up to like five or six feet all over the place. And then other places where it's completely bare because it's just blowing that snow. It hasn't snowed a lot more, but it's just everywhere and it's not melting because it just gets too cold here. That It's still going into the negatives into the night. Not every night, but a lot of the nights. And the highs are mid-20s, high-20s. So it's just crazy to think about. But the reason I bring that up is because it provides some uh, challenging things for the animals, right? We have a feeder for the goats. I think I've in one of my YouTube videos, I showed it just a little bit, but it's got a roof and it's supposed to protect the hay from getting too wet. Because once it gets wet, it gets a little moldy. And of course, you go, you don't want your goats eating moldy hay. Unfortunately, when it's windy, the snow blows sideways. <laughs> so there's not much we can do there. Even if I were to build walls on the two ends of the feeder, it would still blow in because you need a place for the goats to get in. And as long as there's a space, the snow is going to get in. Fortunately, the goats, we only give them enough per day. Um, so they'll go through it before it gets too moldy. I'm not too concerned about that. But it does blow into their houses if they're not properly protected. The, the, the does have a protected house, so they're fine generally. But it's the bucks. No matter how hard I try to protect the buck house, they're 
stinker pots and they fight and they headbutt each other. Um, I think at this point it's mostly playful. They, they think, you know, they, their feathers get ruffled a little bit, but they knock things down. <laughs> They'll knock down any additional walls or doors that I put on, or, you know, I put up a temporary wall with some lashings, some pretty, I think, strong lashings, but they somehow manage to untie it. Either they grab it with their teeth and pull it. I don't know. They're crazy. So it's hard to, to keep the snow out of their house. They've done okay so far. They looked okay this morning after the crazy wind last night, but, you know, the wind has a tendency to switch directions. So we'll see if their house is filled with snow later. If it is, then I'll be shoveling that out. That's great. Um, in other news, the chicken. So if you recall a couple weeks ago, we made our own chicken feed. Now we've done this before, but we've started doing it again in light of the chickens just not laying. And unsurprisingly, our chickens started laying. So, I mean, <laughs> I've heard enough stories to know that our chickens were going to start laying once we gave them homemade feed. So I took all of the extra feed back to the store. Um, we had stocked up for the winter, bought probably 15 or so bags. We still had six or so bags left, so I took them back. Uh, actually, I think it was five. We took them back and got a refund because I'm not going to give our chickens feed that's not doing anything for them. Uh, so making the feed is working. We mixed up 100 pounds. It was meant to be the quote-unquote experiment, and it's working. So now we're getting anywhere from two to seven eggs a day. Um, the seven egg day happened just a couple days ago, and I was delighted to see so many eggs and a lot of them are new so you know as as it's said when you give them new feed i mentioned this last week it takes a couple weeks for their bodies to take in the nutrients and actually do something with it and they're starting to lay so that's exciting um not that they were a waste before the chickens but it's it feels a little less frustrating to feed them expensive feed when you're actually getting something out of it so our egg spiral rack now is half filled again which is a glorious sight to see instead of just seeing two or three eggs there. Now we've got, you know, dozen, half a dozen, or dozen and a half eggs sitting in there in between our egg meals. So it's good. We, we're looking forward to the daylight increasing and more and more of the 15 laying hens to start laying. What that does mean is now that we're getting more eggs, we're going to be pulling them, not, not soon, but probably in the next month or so, I believe, we'll be pulling them and starting to incubate them <laughs> to see if we can get them to hatch. So there'll be a fun YouTube video about that once we get that started. We got our incubator in the mail last week, and it's just sitting in a box, but we'll be hatching our own eggs for the first time, and yeah, it'll, it'll be great. It'll be really interesting to see how many are successful, uh, dealing with the ones that don't hatch, and you know, spoiled eggs, it'll be great. <laughs> Looking forward to the fun adventures with that. But that's it for the homestead update. Um, Fun times on that front. Now, in terms of the author update, uh, once again, so much has happened since the last time we talked. Um, first off, the Etcher's Plight, which is the, my current work in progress, is now up to 164,000 words. And I do believe that I just have the epilogue left. So I finished uh, a chapter yesterday. And I'm looking forward to just finishing the epilogue and then I'll be done. So what will happen after that is more than likely I will be um, just sitting on it for maybe a month or a few weeks minimally. And then I'll come back and, and do my run through edit, at which point I'll need some beta readers. I'll send it to some betas. I have a small group that, of people that are interested. In the meantime, I will be working on Tear and Tales. So I've mentioned that before. They've, I've uploaded the first seven or eight episodes to Kindle Vela. If you want bedtime stories for your kids, check it out. I've heard a lot of amazing feedback from parents. They particularly like that the kids aren't disobedient, which I don't write disobedient kids. 
because I think there's enough of that out there. And, you know, your kids need positive examples, positive reinforcement for listening and obeying. So that's just my opinion. But someone particularly or someone specifically mentioned that in the Tear and Tales. I'll be writing more of those. Um, I can write them relatively quickly. So I'm going to see if I can get a, a heavy backlist of Tear and Tales so that I can upload them periodically, maybe once or twice a month and for the foreseeable future. If I can get ahead of myself, then that would be great. But in other news, I also signed a contract with Stag Beetle Books, which is a publisher, a um, relatively new publisher, uh, to co-author science fiction middle grade books with L. Blaze Hughes. So if you want to go to stagbeetlebooks.com, you'll be able to see my profile there. But yeah, the, the contract is signed and official. So we have actually begun that writing project. We've got the covers for them already. Um, it'll be a really interesting process. I've never thought about co-authoring before. Well, I guess I've had inklings of co-authoring, but never really thought that I would be anywhere close to doing it. I figured I had to be more prolific, have more books in my backlist before actually diving into a project like that. But here we are. So we'll be writing this trilogy. The intent is to have them all done and published by the beginning of January 2024. So less than a year, but we've begun writing. And can I tell you, it is such a fun process to work with somebody else. Um, I was a little nervous to do it, mainly because the way my brain works is what I I feel unusual. Um, I'm a pantser, very, very heavy pantser. And if I know more details about the book, I have a harder time writing it. And so it's been a fun process to talk to someone who who also is a pantser. We're two pantsers writing this book together. Two different perspectives, POVs of these kids. Um, and it's gonna. we don't know what the title is going to be quite yet, but um, it's fun. Or I, I wrote my, another one of my chapters last week. And it's just a thrill to do it. So you'll you'll see more books from me uh, with L. Blaze Hughes and myself. So more content from me. And once we get that ball rolling, um, I'll be kind of writing three projects at the same time, which last year to say that wouldn't have worked for me. But here we are. I think I've reached a different mental space, a different spot in my author journey. So we'll see how this goes, diving into this uh, co-authoring experience. Um, Other than that, yeah, I believe... My YouTube channel is just getting up and running. I've got a few homestead videos up there. If you want to see what's going on on the Kenner homestead, um, I'm going to be posting some author update videos as well. The announcement video about me signing the Stag Beetle Books contract is up as well. So definitely follow me there. Um, the <laughs> The plan is ultimately to lean out of TikTok. So uh, that's I haven't gotten out of TikTok completely. Those of you that are listening may know me from TikTok and think, no, don't leave TikTok. I don't know that I'll ever fully leave TikTok. But to be completely frank, TikTok, while successful for some authors, has proven unfruitful for me. Um, and it's more of a mental health risk than anything. Um, I don't love the sentiment towards books, towards certain just that the topics are often very negative and TikTok doesn't appear to reward authors. I'm using fairly lightly, right? Because nothing's fair in life and that's totally fine. But it just doesn't seem worth it. The amount of effort it takes to make videos, even come up with content for TikTok, regardless of how fun and funny it is, is just not worth it for me. There's not a lot of rewards. So I will be leaning more heavily into my YouTube channel, seeing what other options are out there. You'll still see some posts from me on TikTok, but definitely uh, moving my strategy out of it currently. So follow me on on YouTube. (laughs) 
that that is to say follow me on youtube if if you're interested in keeping uh, getting updates and whatnot other than this podcast so i believe that is it for updates from myself so we will go ahead and shift over to the interview portion of the podcast Christine Meyer is the best-selling author of Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants, Stop Overthinking, Start Aligning, Live Happy. As a veteran of 20-plus years in the coaching industry, she guides successful, influential, passionate thought leaders to fearlessly create their life through a masterful understanding of their own empowerment. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? doing very well. I'm thrilled to have you because it sounds like you and I have a similar approach to being an author and having a, a business in addition to all of the other things going on in life. But before we dive into that, uh, how long have you been writing, publishing and in the mindset business? Oh, I've been in the mindset business probably since three years after I was born. But <laughs> okay. good. and and really, I've published one book. I've contributed to many articles and and have done blog posts and things like that. But when I think of my book, I think I've probably been writing that all of my life because so much my book is a nonfiction book. And unlike yours being fiction, I think that that in either case, I think that your life produces content for books. Your life produces ideas. Your life produces questions. Your life produces answers. And so when I'm asked that question, it, I feel like it's a lifetime of information. I've been writing this book that I've that I published three years ago for my lifetime. And then more life happens and then there are more books coming. I love that perspective because I think there's a lot of people that perhaps inadvertently think life is kind of an obstacle right, to their dreams, to the things that they want to do, but it's not necessarily the way that it has to be. Looking at it from the perspective of though those are learnings, those are lessons, those are fuel for your creativity, they're a fuel for the book that you want or need to write. So, I mean, it sounds like that's definitely the case for you and your book. So, you published Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants, Stop Overthinking, Start Aligning, Live Happy in 2020-ish, right? I, I did, 2020, 2020. yep. So why why this book? Why did, were you driven to write this book, particularly with that title? Uh, great question. Um, I feel like I've been exploring the laws of the universe and our own personal empowerment and who we are in the world and what our reason for being is, again, for a very, very long time. Whether I would have um, posed it as that or not a long time ago is is questionable. But I couldn't help but write this book. It was it wanted to come out of me. I've felt I was going to write for years and years and years. I've got 13 other books on the go wow. and and there are just things that had to come out of me. Now, probably one of the biggest challenges with this book was keeping it simplified mm. because my subject can be very complex and intricate and complicated in terms of how much more complicated and complex that people make it. And yet it's very simple. Creating your reality is really, really, really simple. It can be broken down into very simple understandings that everyone can apply. So, and why the title? Well, the title was just sort of a, 
well, it was definitely an inspired thought, but I had, I personally had been overcomplicating the title. I thought, well, I'll come up with a title and I just let it be. And, and I, I sometimes focused on it on purpose and, and wrote down several titles and nothing ever clicked. And my editor and I were having a conversation one day and we were back and forth on the title. And I said, you know what, we're just making this way too complicated. And then I heard the words, I do this with my forehead. I heard the words, keep it simple, smarty pants. And then it was, da-da, that's it. That's it. A light bulb click. Just the irony of if you had written a book that that was 500, (laughs) 600 pages long on keeping it simple would have been, it just would have been a little funny. Let's just say that. It would not have matched. And this book is, you know, what is it, 120 pages or something like that. And its intention is to bring a very complex, what can seem like a very complex, multi-layered subject into a very simple context so that you can understand it and apply it. Absolutely. I mean, that's in nonfiction. That's I feel like a lot of people gravitate to good nonfiction books that do that. You know, I've I've read some nonfiction books that haven't been organized that way, and they are definitely harder to extrapolate the information from effectively. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about mindset, because mindset, we hear this word all the time. Mm. I think people um, internally know that it's important. But it's one of those things that's not always easy to just apply. You know, I'm going to be positive. You know, I'm going to think this way. It's not always that easy. So let's talk about you, the principles, perhaps in your book or just from your experience in your life. What are, I guess, first of all, why is it so important to have a good mindset for anything? Well, I want to address your first the first portion of what you said, the reason why it's hard to feel positive all the time and have a good mindset, it's like inherently we are born having a positive outlook on life. Mm -hmm. We really are. And then we're kind of trained out of it when, as we observe the people around us, as we observe how their, what their approach to life is, and as we hear things and then things don't go how we wanted them to. So we start tending to more of the reality that's happening versus the dreams that we used to dream as kids, if you will. Mm. And so kids tend to not really look at reality. They fall and then they get up and and they don't lament over the fact that they fell three hours ago. They get on up and move on and they Mm. know that they can get up and move up, move along and, and so on. So there's an expectation of well-being as a child that seems to be eroded over time. And so we get into these little grooves and, 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 in a in a practical kind of a sense if you've if there's a path already well worn it's going to be easier to take that path than it is to make a new path or take a new direction drive a new way to work if you're used to driving to work one particular way you're going to take that way most of the time taking a new way is going to take more effort on your part more thinking on your part more intention on your part and so mindset really is important, but you can't jump from negative thought to positive thought all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do discuss in my book is give yourself some grace and understand that, that you've, you've got to create new habits. You've got to set little stepping stones for yourself. And in my book, I use an example of being on one side of a 20 foot stream and you want to get over to the other side. And and you, you believe in that moment that you can do it, but you believe that you can just jump or you think that you should just jump over there and get over to the other side. 
And I'll say, okay, well, have a, have a go at it. Give that a try and see how that works for you. And you, you, you muster up all of the effort that you possibly can. And you take a really long run and you jump and you go maybe five feet and you mm. fall flat on your face. And, and then you come back and you say, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't get over to the other side. And, and in this case, the analogy of the other side is I can't feel better. I can't have a positive outlook on this. I can't, right. I can't improve my perspective on this. And I said, well, oh, there's got to be another way for you. And you say, no, there isn't. I tried once. And I said, well, what if we just stop and think about this? Is there another way? And, and you, you muster up the idea that, well, maybe I can go grab some stones and put them across that stream so that I can step on one stone and step on another and another and another. And eventually I'll get over to the other side. And I say, look at you, how brilliant you are. You figured that out. And so in life, it's the same thing. You can't just go from having a habit of approaching a certain subject or life in general and feel less than positive and go to more to positive, more positive thoughts. You have to put little stepping stones across that stream. And eventually you will get over to the other side and you will have created a new habit. You see? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that and that's the one thing that people don't think about. And when they do hear that, I think there's kind of an aspect of impatience, right? So what would you say to people who are who are, are afraid of, hey, that's going to take so long, or I don't have the patience to take those little steps. I just, I want to make those changes now. How, how should well, they approach you can- that? You can make an immediate change now by mm-hmm. by deciding that you're going to feel better about it, by deciding that because everything that everybody wants is for one reason and one reason only. And it's because they think that that, whatever that is, the car, the, 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 the partner in life, the business, the money, the house, the you name it, mm-hmm. is they want those things because they believe that once they have it, kiss it, lick it, drive it they will feel fill in the blank. And so the shortcut to that feeling of impatience is number one, understanding the laws of the universe, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, that what you want is inevitable. That is a given, but you don't think it is. So coming to understand that and practice that and, and tend to that understanding that well-being is, is the order of the day. Well-being is at the foundation of all of us. And while some of us experience some of more of it and less of it, it's just whether we're allowing more of it or less of it. And so the understanding of the laws of the universe and how you create re- your reality are really important here in understanding and coming to that patience. Number two is also understanding that the joy is in the journey. And we've heard that thing, that that phrase said a lot, but the joy really is in the journey. Why don't you get happy now on your way to the inevitable outcomes that you want? Instead of, I'm going to hold out get, being happy or feeling satisfied or feeling appreciative or feeling abundant or, or, or until, until. And, and when people say that, I want to say, well, you're going to be waiting a really, really long time. And, and you might eke out some, some of that good stuff, but on your way, you're going to feel crappy and you, you don't get to feeling happy by feeling crappy on the way. You just, you just don't. And so if the end result is truly to have a feeling and you've identified the feeling to come through that thing, why not identify the feeling and start bringing in ways to feel that way now? There's definitely, that is really the, the key to everything yeah, you want. Absolutely. I think uh, that once it comes out about perspective, right? The joy in the journey 
piece of the conversation. And I think a lot of people probably spend a little bit too much time comparing themselves to, to other people because one thing, it's you can't really compare emotion, right? particularly because you're not inside somebody else's head, you know, from all appearance appearances, someone may appear happy, like they're thriving, regardless of where they are in whatever their journey is, whether they're being an author, they're being an entrepreneur, they're being a mom, they're being a dad, you know, they they appear this way by comparing ourselves. It doesn't help. We all, we all had different experiences in life that led to where we are, our negativity, positivity, whatever outlook we have on life. It's kind of the product of where we've been in our lives. And that's okay. You take the moment now and then say, okay, well, this is where I am in accordance to myself. And this is now where I want to be. So I'll make steps moving forward without looking at Jane or Joe or whoever it is around me that looks like they're in a different place. So well, I think that's so challenging. You, you, can, you can certainly look at other people and see where they are, but but you don't know what the culmination of events and mm-hmm. thoughts and perspectives and, and desires they've had to get them there. And trying to, if you can use someone else's position, whatever that position is, as inspiration to say, they did sure. it, I can, that's awesome. Yeah. But you can't, to your point, you can't, you can't really compare emotions either because because that's kind of like using using somebody else's GPS and their, from their car and trying to tell that GPS where you're going. That's just that right. just doesn't work. And and you can try to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, but the, at the end of the day, it's still their shoes. They're not your shoes. And so, to your point, you you have to find ways to quantify that journey for yourself. Use your own GPS. And again, I talk about that in in my book about what your GPS is and how where it comes from and how to use your emotions as as information, as Mm. as guidance, as as clues to what you're in the process of creating. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really interesting way to look at it and helpful when people, you know, maybe they're on this journey or maybe they don't know where to start. Um, definitely reading your book would be helpful, but looking at it from the step-by-step perspective and really it's a lot of introspective thought that I think a lot of us don't make time for. And I think this is where the, the keep it simple probably comes into play, right? Um where does that for you, where does keeping it simple come into play for having a better mindset for reaching your goals and becoming what it is you want to become? Great question. Um, keeping it simple for me, again, discussed in my book are those principles, those foundations that you have a soul, your emotions are really important and you're the creator of your reality. And so when I come to, when I bump into something in my life, and I, I feel some negative emotion, I do my very best to, to be fine with that because emotions are information, positive emotion, negative emotion, neither one is better or worse than the other. One feels worse than the other, but they're not good or bad in, in, in that category. And so, so when I'm feeling emotions, I do my very best to understand that this is me in alignment with that soul perspective, that broader part of me, that, that, that non-physical part of me. And when I'm feeling negative emotion, I'm thinking, I, I think to myself, all right, I'm feeling something and something must really matter to me here that I'm pointing in opposition to. I'm, I'm getting in the way of, I'm looking at it from a perspective that is different from my broader perspective, my soul perspective, my God perspective. If you want to put in that word, it just that the word God comes with so many inferences that are, in my opinion, not um, beneficial because mm. 
because God is pure source and God is not a, a punish someone who will punish you. So, so I go into some of that stuff into my book, but, but in terms of how do I keep it simple, it's more like, well, the fact is I'm having this emotional response to this moment in time. What is it? How am I feeling? Is it, and, and I can even put it in bigger, more general categories of I feel good or I don't feel good. And then I, I, let it be. But then I ask myself later, I say, well, what was that all about? How does my soul see that? How, how differently could I see that? Is there a way that I could see that differently? And to me, that's really simple. It's, it's black and white in some way that it's, I'm either aligning with my soul perspective, broader perspective, or I'm not. And that's the reason why I'm feeling the emotion. If I'm feeling strong, negative emotion, I'm standing in my own way. I'm bumping into a, 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 a false premise of some kind, a limiting belief, if you will, of some kind. And if I'm feeling positive emotion, that means my beliefs, my expectations, and my thoughts in this moment are actually aligning me with the outcomes that I prefer and want. That's an interesting thing to think about. Um, our, the human mind can process extreme amounts of information at the same time, which I, I don't think we we talk very much about. It's pretty impressive what the human mind can process, but that doesn't mean that it's always a good thing, right? When, when we're trying to process so much information at once, it is hard to get down to those building blocks, down to the root, down to the very, like you said, to the soul, the piece, the actual feeling, the actual situation that you're in and why you're experiencing that. And I think that's, you know, people get so used to the noise. They get so used to, you know, whatever it is, their notifications, all of the platforms they're on, if they've got kids around, if they've got animals, you know, if they've got responsibilities, school, work, all these things, it's okay to have those things. It's just taking that moment to reduce everything down to that moment can help you find out where you are and make plans. That's the keeping, keeping simple part. It's not necessarily, Hey, get rid of everything in your life. Right. That's not what you're not. proposing, it's, but it, it's about processing things. And, and when I'm saying processing, I don't, I don't believe in overanalyzing something. I don't believe in digging the hole and getting down to the bottom of the hole and, and digging up all the rabbits because those rabbits multiply really fast. Yes. And so, so it's more, here I am now, how do I want to feel? How would I prefer to feel? How else could I see this in a way that feels better? Is this thought satisfying to me? Because if I'm thinking something that is not satisfying to me, then that's where that overthinking part in, in the subtitle, stop overthinking. That's that's really when most overthinking happens is when we're not feeling good, when we're looking at a problem, when we're feeling like there's an issue, when we're bothered by something, when we're worried about something, when when we're replaying the conversation that we had with that one person or those several people or the injustices of the world, the perceived injustices of the world, then that's when we're overthinking, when we're in that negative emotional rut. And when you're in that negative emotional rut and you keep thinking, you're digging a deeper, deeper, mm. deeper rut that is going to be be well-worn. And then you'll, you will rendezvous with more evidence of your thought patterns. Mm -hmm. And then you'll say, see, it's true. And it's like, well, something else could be just as true. It really is all about what you're entertaining in this moment and, and create momentum toward. And that's also why this word needs to be introduced in this conversation, because the more you think about something, the more habitual pattern of thoughts you have regarding subjects or life in general, in a general sense, 
or in a more specific sense towards specific subjects, the easier it becomes to keep thinking about it that way. And therefore, Mm -hmm. that is also why it's harder to think of it differently, because it's like that well-worn path. If you're in the habit of doing something, what do you do? You do it. So it's about creating new pathways, creating new ways of perceiving your world, a new understanding of who you are in this world and how you do create more of what you want versus less of what you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, let's think from a practical application perspective, right? Because all of this makes sense. A lot of it seems like, it feels like, hey, this should be simple, right? That this, this should be possible. But practically, you know, you and I, we both have things going on in our lives, whatever that is, we don't have to go into specifics. What does this process look like in the throng of actual life? Do you do anything differently throughout your day? Do you have to schedule pause times to reflect? Do you just, yeah, what does this look like for you and how do you apply this? Well, well, for me, I, I make time for myself and that Mm. means quiet times that, that means I, I meditate, I work out because I really like to do that. And it's a lot of self-talk, right? And and not to sound out there woo-woo, like it's more like, what am I saying to myself on a day-to-day basis about the things that are happening in my life, the things that are going on in my life? And I and and this is something I want to say to the listeners as well. We all tend to look at at the reality of our world every day and let it tune us. Mm-hmm versus us tuning to something that we want to feel and how we want to think and what we want to be observing for the day. And so I I definitely put attention to where am I going to focus today? How am I going to feel today? How do I want to feel today? What am I what evidence am I going to look for today in my day to day? Because I drive my daughter to school and back and then go pick her up later in the day and bring her back home. I'm I'm on the road four hours a day. In addition to running a business, having calls with clients, all of those things. And so when I wake up in the morning, I lay in bed and I think to myself, I just kind of appreciate where I'm at. And I let that sink in before that's the first thing I want to do before I start saying, what have I got to do? Where have I got to go? Who do I need to meet? Who do I blah, 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 like we typically do, because it's so easy for us all to just pick up our thought habits that we left yesterday and pick them up to today and then pick them up tomorrow. And then we perpetuate, we perpetuate whatever it is that we're picking up, you see. So I do that. And then I get up, I take her to school, I come back. And then that's when I meditate. And then I, I do some journaling. I, mm. again, I am not saying that there's a right or wrong way to do this. You find your way. This is what works for me. And I say, I like feeling like this. And I like feeling like this. And today I'm going to look for evidence of beauty and satisfaction and, and, and so I go on, I I just talk to myself in my journal nicely. What do I want to experience today? Who am I creating myself to be today? How am I creating you to be? My rendezvous are going to be pleasant and informative and fun and delightful and so on and so on. And how am I creating my world to be around me? Well, my world is beautiful. My world is is full of love. My world is full of appreciation. My world is full of birds popping into my window or whatever, not banging into my window. I just mean (laughs) flying across my window. So, 
So like it's intentional, you see. And I think that that's the missing piece for, for so many of us is we can just blunder through life and step over this and step over that and trip over that and then bang into that and bump into that and knock that over either literally or figuratively here. And we don't take the time to just, de- to decide, well, wait a minute, how do I want to respond to that? Is it, and then, so what you have a temper tantrum of some kind, like two-year-olds do, you have a temper, t- temper tantrum about something that's information. I guess something really matters to me in that situation. How do I want to feel? How do I feel about that? I feel discouraged about that. So no wonder I just had a temper tantrum because at the very core of me, I know that things are supposed to go well for me. I know that I'm supposed to feel good. And so, all right, then how could I handle that differently next time? What do I want to think between now and then? Because then I often say, you know, what you're thinking now and how you feel now is like making a reservation into your future. So Mm. if you keep thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling the way that you are now, you perpetuate that and you are creating more of that to come in your future. So what kind of a reservation do I want to make around this? Do I want to? So, so a, a real life example is sometimes I get annoyed with my daughter because she's late getting out of bed. Mm there's a particular time that would be really convenient if she got up and she doesn't always. (laughs) And so I have, I can get really mad. I can get really frustrated. I could yell. I could scream. I could drive really fast. There are a lot of options, right? In a situation like that. And, and I could talk to my husband about it and I could tell you about it, what, how troublesome that is. And which is what I think that most people do. And instead, I like to think, all right, well, that's that. And that's happening. And what would I prefer? Well, I, I, what do I like? I like getting to school on time. I like ease. I like whatever, whatever, right? So identify those things. What would I prefer? And then I think, well, how does that feel? That feels calm. And that feels fun. And that feels like ease. And that feels like And so I go on like this, and this doesn't seem like very productive, but what it's doing for me is it's, I'm making future reservations when I'm doing that. I'm intending, I'm focusing, I'm thinking, all right, if, if she is late, if she is late getting out of bed, am I going to keep reacting to that condition? Is that who I want to be? Is that how I want to feel? No. So how else do I approach that? Well, we have a conversation perhaps from a good feeling place, and then we discuss it. And then if it doesn't happen tomorrow, how am I going to respond? Am I going to, am I going to get mad or just say, all right, well, it's in progress. It's in progress. We're working on that. This is a work in progress. And keep feeling that way, keep intending that way and truly feel that way. Get myself to a place where I'm not irritated about that at all because I decide it's way worth, it's worth more to me to feel good anyway and not to be a reactor to what's going on in my life, because there's so many things that we can all react to. Mm-hmm. And instead, I'm going to take charge of my emotional well-being and my perspective and my mood and attitude. Uh, there's so much to unpack there. And I feel like we can have this conversation <laughs> for hours, probably. We could. There are a couple of things for me that uh, I just want to highlight for those that are listening. I think, first off, there is a tendency sometimes when we have dreams, when we have aspirations and goals to feel like life is against us. You know, my current circumstances are against me. It's preventing me from getting where I want to go. And that's where you said that's that mindset perpetuating. You think about that, then it starts to become that. When instead, when you look at it, like in my life, 
for example, I've, you know, I've got a, a couple things going on, right? Um, I can think, you know, having six children is preventing me from having more time to write, but instead, I try to look at it from the perspective of every moment I share, every emotion I experience, all of these experiences I'm having are opportunities for me to write about it in my fiction forms, right? That's an opportunity for me to have more compassion, more empathy, to understand the way people think. It helps with characterization, right? It's it's a, it's more of an opportunity than anything. The time, you make the time. The time comes eventually, but the time might not come today. So it's it's one of those things where, yeah, the perspective of your life makes a big difference. The second thing is- it's I, all, I It makes all the difference. Absolutely. It does make a huge difference. The other thing I want to point out is that my situation is different than yours. I don't have very large amounts of time to meditate. Um, I would love to. I try to meditate as often as I can. I pray, you know, those those are important parts of me. Um, but I think more for my life with, you know, constantly shifting from one thing to another, goats escaping, children eating diaper changes, you know, someone getting hurt, fighting, there's all sorts of stuff going on. I try to take anywhere from five to 10 seconds as often as possible post situations and just do a quick analysis of what just happened. What can I do? Like, what are my options and what do I really want to do? And I think that's the piece that five to 10 seconds, every minute, every five minutes, that's, that's, if that's what you have to do, that's it, right? If you can't take 10, 30 minutes a day to, to meditate, try to implement the five to 10 second post situation and be like, what just happened? What, what can I do? What's my decision? And then you can make that decision. It, and it and what do I really difference. want? Exactly. Like your, yep. your last question, what do I really want? That helps exactly. you point in a different direction versus where do I, did I come from? If you were sitting in your car mm-hmm. and you wanted to go someplace, you'd say, where am I going? You wouldn't say, where did I come from? Sure. Right. And so that, and certainly like the med- meditation, I don't have a whole lot of, without limiting myself here, I don't have a whole yeah. lot of time either in a day and, but 15 minutes is worth it. Yeah, for sure. Right. But if all you could do is two minutes of meditation, if you could quiet your mind for two minutes, that's helpful. But even, even maybe even more important, just as important, more important slash just as important. Yeah. I, it's really, important. you know is 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 cultivating so if you were going to plant something in the ground for the most part if you were intentional about it you prepare the soil you prepare the environment for that plant that seed to thrive and so think of i'm going to i'm going to cultivate a mindset a an emotional approach to life that that allows the seeds that I'm planting to grow because every day you are planting seeds, meaning every day you're bumping into experiences either deliberately or through obliviousness that are creating desires within you and clarity within you, clarity about what you want and clarity about what you don't want. And so as you bump into those moments, your life is by design, creating improved futures for you. Mm-hmm. So your goals are already being birthed throughout your day. You don't, you don't ever have to say, I want a million bucks to get a million bucks. When every time you go to the grocery store, you feel like you don't have enough or your kids ask for something or, or, or your car breaks down or whatever. So your desires are being heard by the universe and responded to, and they're like on a radio station over here somewhere, 
that you can't see yet. They're not your reality yet. But again, when you go to listen to to Sirius F- XM, you typically would pick a, ch- a station that you want to listen to. You don't just randomly, well, maybe you do, but if you don't like what's playing, you change the station, Right. you see? And so it's the same thing with, with your perspectives and your emotions and your thoughts it, all, all bundled into perhaps the, the mindset here. But I, I never like to just address mindset because you can say positive words that sound really good to you and to other people, but you can feel so lackful and so discouraged that your, your words don't mean squat to the universe. They don't. The universe is always responding to the vibes that you're putting out there. It's like an advertisement, you see. And so if you don't take the time to modify how you feel, to take charge of how you feel, and to deliberately choose thoughts that are more satisfying to you relative to the subjects that matter to you, then nothing in your life will change. And that's, it It sounds, it, it's, it really is simple. Does it take practice? Yes. Is it so simple that it's overlooked? Yes. Because mm-hmm. people think they have to overcomplicate it. People think that feeling good, so you hear me say feeling good is the key to everything you want. That can't be true. That can't be true. I even have a page in my book says feeling good sucks because people don't believe people, people don't want to put the effort in to feel good. Mm-hmm. They'd rather feel bad and have more validation mm-hmm. in that way. And so it's important to understand that your emotions are those indicators as to what you're in the process of creating. It's that simple. They're not T, big capital T truths. They're perspectives from your life experience that are valid. Yes. But if they don't feel good, then can you find another T truth mm-hmm. that feels better? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's funny when people hear words like that, sometimes they may shy away like, oh, that wait, that doesn't sound right. It's like, well, just think about it. Like, it, it, the the roots of it, the fundamentals of it, you know, it's true, right? You know, anybody yeah. hearing this, it'll resonate with them, no matter what situation you're in. It's one of those things. It's just like you just have to take that moment. You have to actually think about it and reflect, and then you'll realize, oh yeah, this this does apply to me. This is important mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, so. across the board, these are foundations that you can apply. And yeah, it takes practice, like anything, to form a new habit. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not at all stating that you need to be a perfect human and never react to life. I say, go have your reactions and then evaluate it. Decide how you want to respond next time. Decide what's really going on for you Mm -hmm. right there and how you'd rather feel, how you want to feel in those moments in time. And then look into your future. Decide what you want in your future and, and, and acknowledge that when you have new desires, for the most part, you're not aligned with those desires because it's something that's outside of what you've experienced now. Mm-hmm. And so your beliefs are at a set point that have created what you've got now. And so, yeah, it will require you to acclimate to new beliefs, right? It, it will require you to, to fertilize that soil a little bit differently so that you come to believe and know that you can have and be and do more of what you want. Yep. 
Absolutely. I, I love this. And I feel like we, like I said, we could probably talk for so long about this. Unfortunately, we are running short on time, but I, I think it would be excellent for those of you listening to pick up the book, take a look at it, see if the what you can learn from it and apply those things to your life. Before we um, end here, I always love to ask, where can people find more information about your book, about your coaching, about what other things you're offering to, to people seeking help? Yeah, well, um, my book is on Amazon and it's called Keep It Simple Smarty Pants. Uh, stop overthinking, start aligning, get happy. And my website is christinemeyercoaching.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook as Christine Meyer Coaching. It's very simple and consistent. Awesome. The consistency, I think, is is key. You know, it's hard when you're talking to someone. They're like, oh, it's at this handle here, this handle, this username here. It's like, oh, I don't know that I can remember all those. Yeah. So Christine Meyer <laughs> and, Coaching. Yeah. And, and, you know, consistency is key. That's mm-hmm. really exactly. good line there because consistency is key with anything, right? Consistency in negative perspectives and thoughts perpetuates more consistency in negative, more of the same. Consistency of positive thoughts, good feeling thoughts, satisfying thoughts, more more positive expectations, cultivating a positive expectation of things working out for you. Mm-hmm provides more consistency in your life. You see, people have come to me saying, my life is chaotic and I want to figure out why. And it's like, because your thoughts are all over the place. That's why. Mm -hmm. That's why. Huge difference. Consistency. Remember that, everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. This has been helpful. Thank you. This was really fun. All right. I hope you found that insightful and uh, comforting uh, to know that you aren't the only one. We're all experiencing this kind of mental game of trying to be positive, trying to look on the bright side, so to speak. If, if you're used to hearing those things, maybe you don't like to hear those things. But I think it really comes down to recognizing in the moment when you need to uh, make a decision that is best for you. I think it's sometimes easy to fall into to bad decisions and do things that you think will make you happy, but they don't end up making you happy. They end up stressing you out. So th- listen again to the podcast. Check out Christine's book. I think you'll find it very helpful. As usual, if you have questions for me, if you want to join the conversation, definitely message me on social media apps, comment on my videos. I'm everywhere at author Dan Kenner. So that's the handle of pretty much everything, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all over the place. Or, of course, you can comment on the podcast episodes. Um, I definitely appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends and family, if possible, those other people who are looking for positive influence for their writing career. Definitely hoping to get this podcast out to a few more people. I've had uh, some upticks in, in listens recently, so I'm very appreciative of that. If you want to join me on the podcast, join me for a conversation, go to www.dankenner.com slash podcast and you can fill out the form there. Let me know what you're about and I'd be happy to have you. Thanks so much. I look forward to talk to you next week.